I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Boom! Here boom. we go. Hey, back why, do, again. why do we always start with a boom? I don't, because we're excited people. <laughs> It's always like I'm boom. an excited person. Like blowing out everybody's high eardrums, blood pressure. Like right off the right off the bat, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We're back again. We have our friend Corey with us. Yeah, and uh, we're we're continuing on trucking through this series, and we're talking about um, uh, the path of discipleship, the journey of discipleship, um, growing into Christ likeness for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part of that phrase, and um, Talking about growing into Christ likeness for the sake of others, we're going to talk about moving from being a guest yeah. to being a host oh. today. The hostess with the mostess. Yeah. <laughs> and we're hosts. We're hosts. We're hosts of a show. And we, we have, have a, guest. a guest. Huh? Wow. What? It's almost like we planned that. Yeah, next week I won't be here. Corey will have moved from guest <laughs> to host. <laughs> You'll go from host to maybe guest. So, Corey. Think about the last place that you visited that you've never been to before and tell me about that and tell me about like what, what feelings, what, what, what happened, what transpired, why were you there? Like how'd that feel? Yeah. There's always a latent discomfort, right? No matter how comfortable the -hmm. place may be, you think about sleeping in a different bed that's not yours, Mm -hmm. right? Taking a shower in a different shower, um, yeah, having your clothes either in a suitcase or, you know, maybe in a, a dresser that's not yours. Mm. Uh, so there's just, you know, everything is different. It's it's like when you, if you, you know, you go to the same grocery store, you go to, to, to Price Chopper here in Kearney every week to buy your groceries, and then you go to Price Chopper in Excelsior. Oh, my goodness. You know, everything's in the wrong place. It's all different. Yeah, it's yeah. wrong. Like, I specifically make my list. Based on based yeah, on the, the path, <laughs> absolutely right. Yep. So when you see my grocery list on the on the little steno pad sheet of paper, as things go in, they go in. It it doesn't look like I'm making a list. It looks like I'm scattering words on a page. But as it fills out, you realize well, I left a lot of room in the in the top left hand part of the list. It's for the the vegetable section. That's what you mm. walk into. Got to leave a lot of room for you that. know because the random little the there's a lot of items there because they all come individually. Mm-hmm. Packaged or whatever. Now, how much? How much do you? How much do you buy not on your list when you go grocery shopping? Um, Is it like? Are you like a list? Like if it's on the list, it's not. And then it's. And you know, if if your wife's like, "Hey, we should get this," you're like, "Not on the list." I'll do. I'll do um, impulse buy stuff based on based on my or my frequency of usability mm. and. Um, and and price. Whether on, and whether it's on sale, yeah, the price. So I think it's a sale. So that I'm gets not. Me every it is the sale, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not one who buys the thing on sale that I'm never going to eat. Oh, right? Like yeah. there, that does happen to people. Sure. Yeah. Like, whew. I yeah, always my, always my wanted would, a case of kumquats. My mom <laughs> would, would do that, right? She would, and when I cleaned out her house when she moved in with us, I think she had like eighteen pounds of butter. In her fridge, because every time I was on sale, she would just buy. I always yeah. need butter, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. And, and so we didn't have, we didn't need to buy butter for like two years. Uh, confession: uh. We got the Costco membership where yeah. the butter comes. Every box is a pound. 
Yep. Yep. Every little stick's a quarter pound. This pretty yep. easy math, yep. right? Yep. And then they put five boxes five saran pounds. wrapped mm-hmm. together. Correct. That's five. It's cheaper to buy it that way. That's right five pounds. That's the way. Well, pounds of butter. We do it. Although Sam's only does it in four or four. It's yeah, four. So it's maybe it is more Costco. Maybe it, well, so I don't know. Maybe it is four. Maybe it's completely. Maybe I'm completely wrong. It just seemed like a. Do like, you freeze? The butter that no, you're I ate use. it all, Keith. All of it. <laughs> I'm on my butter. Uh, I mean, I I just feel like it would go bad over time in the fridge. No butter. When won't, we buy, when we butter buy, won't go rancid for a long butter. Time. We if it's on sale, you know, like uh, if it ever got to a dollar a pound again, I'm probably buying forty pounds of butter, right? And I'm gonna put most of it in the deep freeze because it'll it'll take us a year to go through that butter or less, probably with our butter usage. Dude, I went through it in like a month. That's five pounds of butter. I mean, do we go through butter? Because we, we cook every night. We cook every meal. So it's like butter is makes everything better. So here's a here, – I'm sure people are loving the butter conversation. Uh, but to, to try to steer us back, yeah, back towards it. towards the middle. This, and this, this isn't going to work so well on, I on, love on how the Corey, audio version. I love how Corey has moved from guest, <laughs> guest to, host. to host. I really do. This is <laughs> welcome, Ke- welcome, welcome to Corey's podcast. Welcome to Corey's podcast. <laughs> That's right. Continue, Corey. Yeah, yeah, glad thanks, glad to be here, Corey. Yeah, just, just sit back. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Um, this isn't going to work great on the on the audio only, but if you're watching us on the uh, on on one of the video platforms uh, here, just boys, just just bear with me here. Cross your arms. Just fold your arms across your here. How's that feel? Arms crossed. Comfortable. Very very authoritative. Feels comfortable. All right, now just do me a favor. Switch your hands. Put this hand underneath and this hand on top. Oh yeah, that's that's weird. How's that feel? Inappropriate. Feels weird, right? It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Just like it's not that much different, and that's I think kind of a little bit what we're talking about, right? It's it's just it doesn't have to be off very much for it to feel weird. Oh, you can even do it with your hands. You Clasp your hands, like and then normal, s- like no, like like per usual. Just, just just clasp them and up then and then flip it. them. If you're driving right now, don't, don't do this. Do that. Don't do that. Um. Wow. All right. Who's all right? Which which uh. Clasp your hands. Which uh, which index fingers on top? Left. Left. Right. You're, right you're a lefty. I'm a lefty. It, so your your non dominant hand goes on top. I guess. Well, All Mitch. Right, so last hey, no, place you visited. Good. Last place I visited, man. That was like new to you. Um. Very. Sp- I'm looking for a specific example. Wow. Place I visited. I don't. I don't really go places. Oh man, I went to uh, Tacos Ricos. Oh, down off like Southwest Traffic Way Mm. or the Boulevard down there. It's Mm -hmm. down by uh, um, the Tapas place. I said Tapas. Oh, La Bodega. La Bodega. Was it good? Uh, Oh, it was great. The taco place. Yeah, yeah, the taco place. I go down. Not a sponsor. No, but they should. Yeah, they should. Maybe, we like tacos. <laughs> tacos, cone, pastor. We, anyway, so anyways, you went down there. Okay, yeah. I go down there, and um, I'm waiting on a friend. where That was like a halfway point for us to meet. And um, he got off work early on a Friday. We're going to do like a late lunch, mm. and we're going to meet at 1 o'clock. And I realized Tacos Ricos closes at 2 o'clock oh. because they close from 2 to 4 for a siesta, mm. right? And... Um, so then I'm waiting on him, and he's notoriously late. late. And um, 
I was like, okay, well, you guys are closing. We'll just go down the street. And they're like, no, no, no. They were just like overwhelmingly hospitable that they wanted us to, you know. So like he That's comes so in, cool. like they've locked the door. Like by the time we left and they were done serving us tacos and we've overstayed our welcome, <laughs> right? They, we had to, um, the lady had to come back. and But she, she didn't rush us out. Like we waited like an exceptionally long time for the check. I'm like. I've never been here before. Do I need to go up and pay? Oh, yeah. That's like, always the, the weird right, moment. Like, I don't yeah. know, but they got to be wanting us to leave. Mm. But they, like, didn't want to impose. And I actually – we had, so I went up and got – she was like, oh, okay, yeah, if you're ready. I was like, well, I think you're ready. And we've eaten tacos. Um, <laughs> like, we're good. We'll carry on our conversation somewhere else. Anyway, and then they had to actually come uh, unlock the door from the inside with a key oh, yeah. to let us out because that's they great. were closed. And That's great. They, anyway, hospitality. Love it. So we'll transition a little bit. Hospitality, right? We're talking about um, really becoming from a guest to a host. Root right? word of hospitality. Is host or host. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this should be apparent, right? But what what is really the difference between a guest and a host, right? Like, I mean, it should be an apparent question but Corey, like give us a general like what's the difference between what are we talking about guest host yeah guests have obligate or excuse me hosts have obligations mm-hmm. um you know have responsibilities um you know and, and guests are generally you know you know served or or their or their needs are uh you know maybe prioritized a little higher yeah yeah like a like a host is there to really make sure people are comfortable, whatever their needs are, are 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 um, taken care of. Would you say they're doing it for the sake of others? Good. Interesting. <laughs> you very could. subtle. You could. Um, so when you think, and I already know Mitch's answer to this, so I'm going to ask him. Uh, when you think about the roles of a guest and a host. Uh, which one best resonates with how you feel when you're here at church? Okay. Hot button. I love, love, love hosting. Yes. I know it's about you. Took a, uh, you know, uh, spiritual gifts inventory years ago. Highest score possible for me. Scored it in hospitality. I am a hospitable person. Um, so... I just, it doesn't take me very long in any situation to move from guest to host. Mm. I'd bust my own table at La Fuente if they let me. <laughs> um, like, that's just, it doesn't yeah. take, it takes nothing for me to transition from, from guest to host. I will make coffee in your house. Um, for me. Yeah. When oh, I yeah. drink coffee. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. Guest to host, uh, easy transition for me, uh, but that's not lost on me. I know that's unique. Um, but I, but when you're talking in the context of Christianity, um, living into a Christ-like life, uh, modeling yourself after Jesus who washed his disciples' feet um, days before his crucifixion, uh, modeling servanthood, and um, and exalting that, like um, becoming humble, is what makes him great. And um, 
trying to live into that. I don't understand how you can a say be a self-professing Christian and in the same instance have a me first attitude. Mm. Mm. Tell me more. So James and John, right? Uh, Sons of Thunder. But Sons of Thunder. Which, um, if you know, if I was going to have a, I think that should be our Christian softball team. I think we should be the Sons of Thunder. Uh, I don't know. What if you have you, I mean, co-ed, it's co-ed. Oh, um, offsprings of thunder. There you go. <laughs> the offsprings of thunder. Sons um, asterisk of thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Asterisk, yeah. Um, but yo, know, so James John, like they had their their mom, their mom, like. Like, hey, Jesus, um, that's all great and all. Can uh, my boys be number one, number two, right? I don't care which, but like, put them at the top. Bring them into the inner sanctum. Put them at the best seat at the table, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and Jesus was like, do you guys not, what have I been doing here? You know, like the, with the, the face palm thing, like, has no one been listening has no one been following? Has no one been watching? And yeah, clearly not. There were lots of examples of right. Yeah, of lots of not, examples. Yeah, of them not, paying, not getting it. Obviously not. So, and we've continued to have lots of examples. You know, in the two thousand plus years since. Yeah, and I, you know, can carry through the baseball example and the softball team and stuff like that. Like when I when I coach kids, I I rephrase this Bible story and I I change it. Um, and I'll say, let me tell you about the power hitters, the Sons of Thunder. And uh, I said, you know, this will be early in the season because we'll go into batting. But like, oh, can I bat first? Can I bat first? And I tell everybody, I say, it's the Sons of Thunder. Ye who asked to bat first shall bat last. Mm-hmm. And that's my baseball coaching rule. So when you come running up to me, can I bat first? Can I bat first? Today, you shall bat last. If we have time. If we have time. Yeah. yeah. And that usually curbs it pretty early in the season. So, and you, we, circle back around for a second. So you you have um, you know you made a statement that that it's hard it's hard to be a host when you're focused on your experience, yes. and wanting things your way, right? Yes. Like, like why don't we have this coffee? Why don't we have Starbucks coffee? Why do we have Dunkin' coffee or whatever, right? So when you're when you're constantly focused on your experience. Now, do you think that most people view it as that, or do you think that they view it as, this is what I like, therefore other people would want this too, right? Or do you think that you get to a level of comfortability within a church that um, you you kind of lose sight of some things? Because, uh, you know, I'll give you a great example. So it's like it's like my three-year-old, right, Parker. He, uh, almost four. But he's so comfortable that he will just leave the kids' wing and come find me, right? Like, they'll just look around, where's Parker, you know? Because he's so comfortable with the space that he's in um, that it's just – it's like a home to him, right? Mm -hmm. Which causes its own problems quite frequently. Um, So do you think it's something like that or do you think that Let me answer your question with a question. And we'll throw it to Corey. All right, Corey, if I came to your home – um, and I imagine let's never been to your home. 
do you have um, seating in your living room for multiple people? Yes. All right. Do you have a preferred seat? You know, like as the family gathers. Yes. There's Corey's, oh, there's Corey's seat, right? Okay. Um, is it better than the other seats or it's just habitually where you sit? It's just habitually where yeah. you sit. Yeah. Um, so would you be upset if when you when I when I came to your home and you were like, hey, yeah, just grab a seat anywhere. And I sat in your seat. No, you as no. my guest, absolutely not. Right? When my kids <laughs> or my wife's dogs <laughs> sit in my seat, then I have a different, but slightly different But it's your reaction. dog. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. That's a good point. So, all right. Now I'm going to change the question, okay? okay? All right. So as a host, and Corey obviously demonstrated he's well-mannered in hosting because he's going to offer up all the seats. He's mm -hmm. not going to sit down first. Mm. And he's going to take what seats left, right? So if you had a whole group there and you had more people than seats and everyone sat, you would remain standing. Standing. Yep. Great. Or what sit a, on the floor. Or sit on the floor. Sit wherever, right? Grab um, another chair for another room. Yeah. So then if I came in to your home and your home only had one seat in the living room, one of us would have the opportunity to sit down and the other one wouldn't, right? Right. I think the host looks to the experience of their guest for for their um, quality of experience. If your host isn't having a good time, no one's having a good time. Mm. So in flipping that switch, in transitioning to be a host, it's not thinking, well, this is my preference. My preference is to sit down, so everyone should want to sit down, so I'm going to sit down. See, I'm going to give, a, I'm going to give an example, okay, where sometimes as a host, you need to do something first mm. so that everybody else then does it. And I look at eating as one of those things. Right. Okay. Um, so there's there's two things. There's two things actually in in etiquette. Uh, if you're over at somebody's house and you're having dinner at the dinner table, you are not to sit down until the host sits first. That's in etiquette what law. Victorian etiquette law. In what Victorian sitcom are we watching? Here? W welcome to uh, grandparents from the south uh, that witnessed me doing things at the dinner table. And sent me to etiquette school. So the host hosts the host sits first. The host sits first. So what you would do is, as a guest, you would stand at your your chair talking, you know, until everything's ready, and the host comes to the table and sits first. So that's that's number one. Number two. Um, so I look at it eating as one of those things. I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with your grandparents. I know that just, might be incendiary. I bet, uh, you know, there's some listeners right now that would disagree with you. I know, and I'll invite any of them <laughs> so, to have a discussion. That, that's as a, a very guest. that's a very specific example of a time that a host uh, in in proper etiquette would would uh, would do first. Now, second, I'll give you uh, in every communal adult with kids food situation. Right, you got you got your food laid out. Who eats first? Who grabs their food first? We have two options. Well, I'm, I'm asking you, what's your go-to? My go-to is, 
and it's all based on. This isn't a difficult question. No, it is. It's it's an easy switch. Okay. This is what we do. So if I have a if I'm having a family gathering, you um, got six families over. Everybody's yeah. got kids. Oh, got a family like birthday party happening this weekend. Right. Great. Uh, well, that's a bad example because it's a birthday party. So, um, but just say we just got together for the. Fourth of July. Super Bowl. Right? Super Bowl. And we're here. And the kids, well, they're not interested in the game. And boom, they're off playing their own Super Bowl on Madden. And mm-hmm. we're standing mm-hmm. around and, oh, look, there's 12 adults standing here. And, and a nice, of beautiful food. brisket. Yeah. And a lovely bean dip. And no children around. Yep. Pray over the food. Line up. Enjoy a nice meal. The savages will come along and clean up the scraps. <laughs> sure. Sure. But, but you get in a situation, especially with younger kids. And they're all there, like just panting because mm, they want those hot dogs. Yeah, got to have the pigs in a blanket, right? Mm-hmm. You pray over the food. You send the kids through first. That's right. Yeah, so that's that's my go-to is kids first, right? But then you get that awkward like pause where the kids are like kind of taken care of, and then like all the adults are kind of like. Then I think at that point. To, to your point, and this won't be your point, but Ooh. sometimes as the host, you got to take charge and you got to put a paper plate in. in somebody's hand. Yeah, or, or just you'd be, come on, I'm getting food. Let's go, people, right? So that people are more comfortable or like to go. Hot what take. if you didn't have enough Hot food? Take. What if you knew? That's that, why I always what put just knew, a very little amount on what my if plate you knew to begin with. So then somebody. And if I'm the host, there's, there's always enough food. What if just a lot of extra guests? Dude, if, if there's like six people, I'll cook like 18 hamburgers for six people. What if you only had... So I, I've had this situation where, where I had a gathering... Five fish, two loaves. Additional folks showed up that weren't supposed to be there, and I didn't have enough food, and so I didn't eat. Yeah. See? What if he would have went through the line first? Well, I mean, I would hope that you would uh, recognize that there's more people than food in the moment. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna as the as the old head of the group I'm gonna because uh, I, I I agree with what you're saying okay. although okay. I, it's also true because your children are young so I've got a 16 year old yeah sure I'm not sending him through the line no that will ruin line. it for everybody absolutely no, yeah. you can have a yeah. frozen pizza upstairs yeah. yeah absolutely so so I think there's there's yeah. I think the point that you're making is a good one and I agree with it although I think it has maybe a bit more to do with convenience and expediency than uh, etiquette or or being a host or not hmm. interesting. I agree with Corey. Mm. I uh, I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I disagree with you on most things hospitality related. So, um, so Corey, we'll 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 go to you with a with the same question. So, what role really resonates with you at at church? How do you feel? Do you feel more like a host or a guest, or is it situational? Yeah, I would say the vast majority of the time, I feel like a, I feel like a guest, right? Uh, you know, as a as a as a member of the congregation. Um, I, I you know I come to church um, to you know to to be filled up spiritually you know primarily and, and to worship, uh, and so I'm I'm here for an experience uh, and for that experience. Hmm. So um, you know I, I probably don't do as good of a job being that I've been you know, I've been a member here for quite a long time. I, I probably don't do a good as good a job of paying attention to whether or not we've got new folks or whether I can be helpful and or useful in some way. Hmm. Um, you know, the, even little things, right? Now, I generally am walking in kind of as the as the video is playing, so I don't, you know, I have a place where I like to sit, but if somebody's there, I don't, I don't get too bent out of shape about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there are folks that probably do, yeah. Um, and that's understandable. When you go back to the, 
you know, how do you fold your hands? Mm-hmm. Um, but but to just just circle back to answering the question, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I generally feel you know more uh, more like a guest. Hmm. But what if you okay. brought someone with you? What if you had out of town family? What if um, you know someone visiting? Um, you know, staying with you? Maybe they're you know whatever they're flying out of Kansas City or something, and they you know made an extra day out of town friends are stopping by, whatever, uh, and then you're going to bring them to church. Do you switch into the host role? Sure. Do you own, like, this is your church, this is your family, this is, you're in host mode then, right? Yeah, sure. Here's where the restrooms are. Here's where you can get, get the coffee, even though it's not Starbucks or Dunkin'. Um, yeah. Where do you want to sit? Introduce them to people? Yep, introduce them to folks, certainly. So there's a, there's an opportunity that you take to be a host. But usually, there's a pre-existing relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And, and you know, I certainly, I probably try to, ma- I, I try, try to make an effort. Uh, I'm, I'm not great at, you know, noticing, <laughs> uh, you know, noticing things. Certain, you know, and, and at church, I'm kind of, you know, I think probably like a lot of folks. I, you know, I, I know a lot of folks here, and so when I when I come in, I'm chatting with people, and like I said, I'm, oh, I better get into the sanctuary. Church is starting. Yeah, and I think the hardest part. I think the hardest part is um, there's a there's a there's a transition in time. The hardest part, whenever you recognize that what's a church becomes a home for you, you know, it becomes your church home. So your local church become your church home. So now the folks there who are there all the time become your church family. Mm-hmm. So now there are these family who are um, family and friends and. You see them on a consistent basis that happens to be Sunday morning. And you don't make the intentional time necessarily to see them outside of that schedule because you have this opportunity to see them on Sunday morning. So then it turns into this consistent uh, pattern that you are joyous in seeing them, greeting them, mm-hmm. give them a hug, mm-hmm. catching up on something that happened during the week, talking about the ball game, um, talking about what's coming up. like, And you get into this, locked into this conversation with friends at church, and then you miss the opportunity to welcome someone new who isn't as connected, doesn't have the friends, is joining, or is trying Looking to, to find the bathroom, trying to find that community. No, just trying to find that community. Um, you miss the opportunity to draw them into those conversations because you're having such a good time getting caught up, caught up with your friends, um, and it gets lost on you the fact that um, the that there's people looking to have that communi- community that that you've grown into. Mm. Um, well, I think it's twofold too. I think it's that, but I also think that it's um, you. You sometimes miss the opportunity to identify if there there may be somebody else that's there that comes every week and is a part of the church family, but isn't engaging in people because they got something on their mind, and so they're not engaging. So you're not really engaging with them, but maybe they want somebody to talk. Uh, to about the situation, right? Like, so they're just kind of being quiet. They just go in, they sit down. That's uncharacteristic of them. Um, and and by not, I guess by not having the the host mentality as as you would have, you would notice that kind of thing. We got to keep somebody. your head on a swivel, right? Yeah. Like, if you think of it like a, like a dinner party, if you're hosting a dinner party, or um, to you know to back it up, and you know, um, I don't know your southern etiquette um <laughs> it'll tell you which way the forks go 
Yeah. Uh, five o'clock when you're done. Um, but have you ever been to one of those restaurants where, um, when I lived in Colorado, there was this, I can't think of the name of it, but it's, I don't know. I, it was, a. Uh, um, it was a restaurant that you couldn't get to the bottom of your water glass. So we had mm-hmm. this game mm-hmm. we would play that you couldn't do it all in one take. Like you couldn't just you couldn't just you couldn't just grab you. So you couldn't just slam the water. Mm-hmm. You had to drink it in two parts. Okay, mm-hmm. so you, the glass had to touch the table before you could finish it. But the game was to try to finish your water glass mm. because they had a guy who was so good, and I think it was just one guy. He was that good, though. Like, you drink, your water gets more than yeah. more than three quarters full. He's topping you off. It's like the crumb guy. Like the crumb you ever, guy. You ever go to a restaurant where they mm-hmm. got the crumb guy? Yeah. And you're just kind of like, like, well, one little crumb, and it's like, right? like you, you can wait for two or three. Man, can you imagine being the crumb guy whenever, like, the baker guy, like, overbakes the bread a little bit? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and just the shower of crumbs go everywhere, and the crumb guy's like, oh. Man. <laughs> Calls out that day. <laughs> my, Arthritis is my day up. to be the crumb guy. And we So that's what that's the that's the head on a swivel. Um noticing noticing members of the family. It's like you never. I think sometimes people have this experience um, when new people, and you could have been, you could be a lifelong Christian, you could have moved to a new town, you could be new to Christianity, you could be new to the concept of faith. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna try it out, you're gonna dip your toe in it, you're gonna walk into walk into a church. Um, I think almost worse than like a place being just completely flat where no one's talking to anybody, just squared away ritualistic like nobody's nobody's talking nobody's talking everybody's quiet facing forward squared away right i think almost worse than that is a place where everybody's having a great time and you feel like you just showed up to somebody else's family reunion Mm. and you walk in and somebody's like hey and you're like why is somebody pointing at me and you realize no they were hollering at the person who walked in behind you right like like Walking in and feeling like you walked into someone else's family reunion or someone else's class reunion or that instantly you're going to feel like, I don't belong here. Why did I come here? I'm not included. Yeah, I just I I, want to make the point that I think um, there's two there's two folds. I think when we have this conversation, you immediately start thinking about the new people that are walking in to the church. Right. Um, but I, I want to make a point that there are um, there are there are times where as an ex- as an existing person that everybody knows um, that they could use a little a little hosting done to them right and and you know what I mean like ha- you having a a, a a bad week bad month just got laid off whatever the millions of problems that people can have um, can be piling up on somebody. And um, maybe they're used to being the host uh, in, you know, in the, in the service coming in talking to people mm-hmm. and, and missing that opportunity to um, see somebody that's being uncharacter- uncharacteristic of themselves and becoming that host for that person in that moment. Right. Um, and I, I, th- I, th- I think that's, I think that's critical. Cause I think you, I think that's going to be rare though, because once you've, 
Do you? Hate to interject. Do you think that's rare? I think once you've grown into the role of a host, it's so you do it so joyfully, obediently, that it is the life-giving part of your experience. Hmm. Corey, you host things. I do. Yep. I, do the things you host, are they more enjoyable with the people you're hosting? Or could you have had just as much fun without those people being there? No, I, I, I totally agree with your point. I think uh, I'm much like you and that the I The work and trouble and toil that all goes into hosting a quality event, it's exhausting in a good way. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And it's it's worth it. Um, you know, 10 like out a of, runner's high. Yep, 10 out of 10 times. Uh, I will say that that's true for people like you and I. I think I'm very much like you and that I love to host. Like I love to have people at the house. I love to be around folks. Uh, and I'm happy to to put in work beforehand and, after, you know, and afterwards to make that happen. Uh, you know, potentially somebody like your wife. Oh, that, yeah. No. That would exhaust her, yeah. I, I would think. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so um, – yeah, you know, not that she's not willing to do it, and not that she's not, you know, that doesn't mean that she's not a nice person. But it, I think there's an element of, you know, if you think about like the like the love languages or what gives you energy, mm-hmm. um, and there are folks that that comes very naturally to, and they they like it, and it makes them, it energizes them, and there are folks that it it does the exact opposite, it it drains their energy, I mean, it's it's for it's much more difficult for them. But to your point, I mean, I think uh, Keith, that's an interest. It's it's a very interesting. It's an interesting point in that there. Are, there are folks that aren't necessarily new that that need to be hosted. Um, although I, it's it's yeah, I don't I, I I wonder even as somebody who tries to be hostful mm. uh, to maybe make up a word, uh, you know, identifying that you know, is um, seems like a bit of a trick. Mm. Well, I think that I think uh, again it goes probably back to your strengths right than anything else. And I think for somebody like Mitch, it's probably pretty easy for him to. To the empathy side, the empathy with this side, one. you know, uh, me, it's much more difficult because I'm all, I have all the thinking, um, talent themes. So I'm more of a less empathetic kind of person. But anyway, I think he just said he's just more cerebral than you and I. Yes. Yeah, he did. He's always thinking about says stuff. It, thinking says about it stuff. regularly. Well, hey, the sands of time have ended and to be a good host, there's a, there's a great, um, little hosting nugget for you. Mm. Always set an end time to the party. Then people feel like they have the permission to to leave. leave. So, Sands of Time have ended. Thank you for joining us. More on uh, on our journey into discipleship next week. No, that's it. Oh, that was it. We've got a new. We've got oh. some new topics. Oh, next it'll week. be great! It'll it's going to be amazing. And but sh- you are allowed to continue your journey into discipleship. Correct. Oh, that is true. Beyond that's that. right. True. Right. Be- yes. Thank yes. you, Corey. Yes, that's a do good not point. stop the journey into discipleship. Hey, um, and uh, we should totally get like a form put together so people can uh, send in topics. So we'll we'll get on that. We should do that. We should totally do that. Right. Do we know somebody who has any influence on the website? No. Or technological stuff. No. No. <laughs> Well, hey, from three lay people to those listening, have a good week. Later.